Uh, Jonah chapter 3, and uh, read a few verses here. Jonah chapter 3, verse 1 says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go out into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast, and they put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. Then the word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, neither herd nor flock, taste anything, let them not feed or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent, and or God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them, and he did not it to them. So, uh, the book of Jonah, again, we've already went through Jonah chapter 1. That's when Jonah runs away and goes in the wrong direction. And then God sends a, a fish. Well, first he sends a storm, and then he gets thrown off the boat, and then he's on a fish. And then Jonah chapter 2 is when Jonah is praying to God from the fish. And that was last week, how Jonah realized his sin. And then Jonah uh, repented and recommitted his ways to God. So Jonah chapter 3 is Jonah's uh, second chance. This is when God sends him back one more time. To do the first thing that he had originally told him to do. Uh, so the first thing I want to say tonight is that this story, Jonah chapter 3, shows us God's love to somebody that has made mistakes and that has gone the wrong direction. Because even though Jonah did everything he did to go against the first call of God, after Jonah repents, God calls him again and he calls him to do the same exact thing. God restores him when he gives him a second opportunity. Um, interesting is that in Jonah, I'll, sh I'll show it to you right here, Jonah chapter 1, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. And then when you go to chapter 3, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I'll tell you. And, and basically the way this was written was that it's showing a new beginning. It's, it's just starting over. Basically, the story starting over from the very beginning. And uh, this just reminded me in the Bible of people that were given second chances, people that didn't get it all right, people that weren't perfect, people that failed God, but they got a second chance. Uh, Adam, Adam was the first man, Genesis chapter 3. He sinned by disobeying God in the garden, but he got a second chance, and he got a promise of a Savior, and uh, he was given a covering, and he was saved. And Abraham, in Genesis chapter 12, Abraham was a man of faith, but we know that he lies about his wife being his sister, and he falters in God's promises when he gives, uh, his wife gives him Hagar, the servant, to have a child with because he doesn't believe that God is going to give a child to his wife. So he lies, he doesn't trust God. He had problems, but God restores him, and God uses him, and today he's a father of the faithful, Father Abraham. 
Moses, although he was a great leader and God used him greatly, uh, he failed to truly obey God and was able, unable to enter the promised land due to disobedience. We can read that in the Numbers chapter 20. And also Moses, um, he was the one that killed one of the Egyptians. He was a murderer and he went running and hiding for 40 years, but God still restored him and gave him a second chance. David, King David, the Bible calls him a man after God's own heart. He committed adultery. He went out from his porch in the time that kings went to battle. He looks out and he sees a woman taking a shower, bathing herself, calls her to her room, calls her to his room, uh, impregnates her, then tries to get her husband off the battlefield to cover it up that he would spend time with his wife. He, the husband wants to sleep at the doorstep. He doesn't want to go in because of the battle that's going on and he feels bad for his men being out there without him. So David has him put on the front lines and has him killed. He says when he goes into battle, everybody else back off so he can be the first to die. That was David. But God restored him when he repented and he is a man after God's own heart. Talking about second chances. Jacob. Jacob is a great example because Jacob's name means liar. Jacob's name meant deceiver. And Jacob uh, was known for deceiving. He deceived his father when he told his father that he was his brother. It's in uh, Genesis chapter 27. He lies to his dad and gets the blessing that belonged to his brother. And then he goes running for his life. But through that, God worked in his life. He wrestled with an angel all night long, God changes his name to Israel, which now Israel is the name of the whole nation of Israel, and he was transformed and he became a man of faith. So just talking about how God gives people second chances, and although you know your life may have things in the past that you're not proud of, things in the past that you don't want to talk about, things in the past, you know, kind of like the book of Jonah chapter 1 and chapter 2, Jonah could put all that behind him now because God was giving him a new chance and a new opportunity. Uh, the next thing is that God tells him, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out to it against, call out against it the message that I will tell you. So when God God tells Jonah to go and preach, God is going to tell Jonah exactly what to say. And when Jonah says exactly what God wants him to say, there's going to be a revival. There's going to be a change of heart. There's going to be people who change and do what God wants them to do. That's important today because we need to tell the world what God wants us to tell them. You know, sometimes I know we can get uh, embarrassed or we can feel kind of ashamed or maybe we feel just intimidated to share our faith and talk about Jesus and, and how he died on Calvary. But in the book of Jonah, when they repented, it was because Jonah told them the message that God told them or told him to tell them. And today uh, we got the Bible. The Bible is God's word. And, you know, sometimes I, I, I want to be encouraging to people and I want to lift people up and tell people, you know, things that would make them feel better about themselves. But at the same time, I need to let them know, you know, that we were born into sin. I need to let them know that sin separates us from God. Ultimately, sin will lead us to hell and spend eternity away from the presence of God and tell them that Jesus died for their sins. It took their place on the cross and now they can have salvation. Just like Jonah told them the message that God gave him, we need to tell the world the message that God gave us because that's the message that's going to save them. Jonah couldn't have gone and gave them some other message, you know, said, hey, everything's fine, don't worry about it, God's going to bless you because God was going to destroy that city. He needed to let them know that God was going to destroy that city. Um, so the next thing here, so Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city three days journey in breath. So um, there's a couple different ideas about three days journey. 
Um, there's one idea that three days journey could have been from the suburbs to the suburbs, meaning all the outs, uh, outside cities if Jonah walked straight through them. Others would say that um, the circumference of the city was 60 miles so that Jonah walked around the outside of the city for 60 miles. And uh, preaching the word of the Lord. And it says here, it says, And Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Um, so I'm looking at that word overthrown. It's a word applied uh, that means the destruction. And that was the same word used to describe Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis 19 and Lamentations 4 and 6 and Amos 4 and 11. Overthrown is a word that meant destruction. So he's telling them, Your city is going to be destroyed. Um, something about this is it shows God's compassion in a sense. And this may be a little bit confusing at first because you think, well, if God's compassion, why would he destroy them? But God is giving them a warning and God is letting them know what's coming so that they can change, so that they can get right. And, and even today, going back to talking about the Word of God and, and what we need to share with the world, we know that the world's coming to an end. We know that things are getting worse all the time. We know that there's only a few days left, you know, until all this is going to be wrapped up and Jesus is going to come back for his people. And so God in his compassion warns Nineveh that destruction is coming. In the same way today, God in his compassion is, is warning all of us and warning this world. And there's going to be many that reject that and there's going to be many that, that don't want to change. But ultimately, all we can do is just warn them about what's coming and let God deal with the rest. So Jonah goes and he warns them God's warning to the world today is that he's coming back again he's coming back for a church that's ready for his return he's coming back for those people that have been born again and there's going to be those that are saved and there's going to be those that are lost and that's that's compassion in the sense that God is giving us a chance to repent before it's too late get right with him and believe in him before it's too late so next, going through, it says, And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least. And the people of Nineveh, the first thing they did is they believed God. They didn't, it didn't say that they believed Jonah. They believed the things that Jonah said, but they believed God because Jonah was giving them the word of God. That's, that's comforting for me to know because if someone believes they believe God and if someone rejects they're rejecting God and, and sometimes you know I may feel rejected I may feel like there's something wrong with me because people don't want to listen or people don't want to live for God they don't want to become a Christian but ultimately it's between them and God we're just the messengers that are trying to relay the message that's all our job is to do uh, you know like when there's fires in the mountain communities I've heard that they can only go to each house one time because they're so spread out and it's just so many people they they can warn so they've only got one chance to tell them hey there's a fire coming in your direction you need to go to safety and that's it that's their evacuation you know they may have those loud sirens that lets them know that it's time to evacuate but ultimately they've got to make that decision on their own if they're going to evacuate if they're going to get out if they want to stay and take the chance then you know that person that warned them that's all they can do and for us that's really all we can do is we can warn people we can let them know that jesus loves them we can let them know about salvation we can let them know that you know that god is is reaching for them and god wants to save them but ultimately it's going to be up to them to make that decision uh, i read a story uh, kind of related to that it was a pretty interesting story there was an acrobat an acrobat named jean Franchois gravel that's a french name so i probably pronounced it wrong but they were known for going across 
uh, crazy obstacles on a tightrope and this particular acrobat would go across Niagara Falls on a tightrope and thereafter he was associated in everyone's mind with Niagara Falls. He did numerous stunts on this crossing of Niagara Falls and one occasion he gets a wheelbarrow and he pushes a wheelbarrow across Niagara Falls on a tightrope. On another he stopped in the middle of the tightrope and he ate an omelet. Once or twice he carried a manager uh, of his show on his back and on these later occasions when he had reached the edge again he turned to a man in the crowd and he'd asked the man in the crowd, he says, do you believe I could put you in this wheelbarrow and carry you across? And the man said, oh yeah, of course. I, I just saw you do it with this other person, your manager. And he says, okay, well, why don't you hop in and I'll, I'll carry you across? And the man said, nope, I won't do it. And, and that's, that's really what it comes down to, right? Is that we could say we believe, we could say that, you know, we want to change, but we really got to do it. And with people today, all we can do is we can offer them opportunity. We can let them know but they've got to be the one that gets in the wheelbarrow, so to speak. You know, they, they have to do more than just believe that they've got to change. They've got to do what God wants them to do for themselves. I can't do that for them. I can't help anybody make that decision. They've got to make that decision on their own to, to call out to God and, and ask Him to save them. So, going on, verse 6, it says this, The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he proclaimed a proclamation and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water. So this king, when he hears what's going on, and what's interesting here too is that this repentance, this revival, it didn't start with the king, it started with people just people in the city and when the king heard of it that's when he proclaimed this fast and I was looking at the uh, history uh, kind of in that time there's there's a history that tells us that when Julius Caesar died that the the mourning for the death was so severe or was so important to them to mourn that death of Julius Caesar that even in their day the cattle and all the animals weren't allowed to eat and drink and that's what happened here when he heard that their city was going to be destroyed in 40 days he said there's not going to be any men women children animals nobody's going to eat or drink water they said but let this man and beast be covered with sackcloth let them cry out mightily to god let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands then he says this who knows god may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so we may not perish and then it says when god saw what they did how they turned from their evil way god relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them and he did it not god honored their repentance it says when god saw what they did how they turned from their evil way god relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them and he did it not god honored their repentance god looked at them and he changed the the destruction that was coming to their city and he turned away from that. In uh, Isaiah 55, verse 6 through 7, I don't have it on here, but it says this, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. And then going back to Matthew chapter 12, verses 38 through 41, Jesus talking about this story in Jonah chapter 3 says then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered Jesus saying teacher we wish to see a sign from you but he answered them an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign but no sign will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah 
For as Jonah was in three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, someone greater than Jonah is here. So Jesus put this all into perspective. He says, look, there was a man that was swallowed by a fish. He was in the belly of a great fish for three days and three nights. He gets out of that fish and he goes to a city and preaches to them about the destruction that's coming. He says, and all these people repented. They say, I think it was 125 or 135,000 people repented because they heard of the destruction that was coming. And he says that there's a greater than Jonah that's here preaching to you today. And he says, the men of Nineveh are going to rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. That doesn't literally mean that they're going to be there to judge and condemn, but it's, it's, it's figuratively meaning this, is that if they repented because of the word preached by this man named Jonah, then how much more are we going to be held accountable that have heard the preaching of Jesus Christ, who was God Almighty, manifested in the flesh, come to earth to tell us about salvation and tell us about the destruction that's coming. Uh, so tonight, our message is simply this, is that Jonah went with a second chance, a new opportunity that God gave him. Jonah went and he preached what God told him to preach. He didn't give his own message, but he gave God's message. He gave a warning, and God in his compassion gave a warning to these wicked people. And through that warning, they took it seriously. They repented. They changed their ways. They fasted and they prayed. And when God saw that repentance and when God saw that change of heart, God turned away from that destruction that he had planned. The, the, the city was saved and they were given a new beginning. God honored Nineveh's repentance. And then Jesus said that if they were willing to do that for a man named Jonah, how much more should we repent and change when we've heard the word of God, when we've heard Jesus Christ's word. He said, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus said in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If they repented when they heard Jonah tell them just eight words, he says in 40 days, Nineveh is going to be destroyed and they repented. How much more should we get our lives right and get our hearts right with God who has given us this entire Bible, 66 books of the Bible and and three years of Jesus walking the earth and teaching us about how to be saved. How much more are we going to be held accountable to that? Amen. Tonight, with that in mind, I wonder if we can just pray. Lord, we come before you in the name of Jesus, thanking you, Lord, for your word. Thanking you, God, for your warning to us about the destruction things to come. And